Greetings, Ty here. Just to let you know, during this show, Clayton is on vacation, and so he is calling in from his phone. And therefore, the audio quality on this episode is lower than our normal standard. Please bear with us. This is a temporary state of affairs. The audio quality and audio editing will return to its normal level of quality after Clayton returns. Additionally, at time of recording, Joe Scally had not had his breakout game for Munchin Gladback, so please take our comments with a grain of salt. Love you. Hello, folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT WCQ Part 2. I'm Clayton, and I am an artist. I'm Ty. We both got a haircut. You can only see it on YouTube. (laughs) And we love the night. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. Folks, welcome to another Rasta Pod. It's a Rasta Pod time. It's a very special Rasta Pod. Uh, because we have World Cup qualifiers approaching for the second time. Oh, man. It felt like I, I blinked in their back. Qualies are back, baby. I feel like we just came off the field after a 4 0 half versus Honduras, and yet there's more to come, and we have to talk about all of it. But first, a little bitty of a housey keepy. Uh, guys, you know you can find us on Twitter at WTP Pod. Do that, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, we can talk to each other in the, in the form of text. You know you can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, we stream the episode recordings. We also stream live during the games. So search us up on YouTube, subscribe, and hit the bell button so you know when we're live, liveola. Um, make sure that you go as well to WTP Pod forward slash, uh, my apologies, to uh, make sure that you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash WTP Pod if you'd like to make this show less of a burden on us financially. <laughs> Um, it is uh, both in time and money. Uh, it is it's, it's a pa problem in our lives. Uh, so you can help us out with that and make this show more sustainable uh, by joining the Patreon. To anyone who has already done that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You have no idea how meaningful that is to us. And then a quick, very special housekeeping announcement. I am recording from California at the outset of my first vacation in two years. Applause all around. I am taking a GD break, because uh, I need one. So folks, you're gonna see some some special new voices uh, during this camp, and we know you are going to, to, to love it. The professor, the oft-mentioned professor, our father will be joining us for a couple of these live streams. And you know him, you love him, you remember him from She the Peeps. Kwamdas, the Kwaminator, uh, will be returning to the WTP feed to bless your ears with his insights, this time about the US MNT. Uh, all that and much, much more. I believe that concludes us for the house keeping, unless I'm forgetting anything, Ty. Um, nope. 
money reviews reviews hit us with some reviews we like the reviews do that do that do that please all right and of housekeeping there's only one way to get this rastapod started and that's of course by giving all the gloves in the turner verse to matt turner first name on the team sheet right behind him we have sean johnson and man city's zach step and he plays sometimes last year for man city zach Steppen. defenders folks we've got george bello l-o l-o a a a under my george bello a love him george love bello him. back with us back with us with those kanye vibes from atlanta united stadium we've got John Brooks, Serginio Destino from Barcelona. Mark McKenzie, Shaq Moore, for some reason. Shaq Moore is with us. We got long-haired, long-beard, Tim Ream. Don't care. Why is he here? Tim Ream. Chris Richards from Hoffenheim. Is that move official? Is he a, is he a Hoffenheim guy now? He Chris Richards of, per, of Bayern per Munich. Permalone of Bayern Munich fame. Uh, Anthony, the, the, the Robinson family band, Anthony Robinson and Miles Robinson will be with us. And of course, uh, everyone's favorite homegrown from Seattle, DeAndre Yedlin. Wow. What a Andre. beautiful. Andre Yedlin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Midfielders, we've got Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, welcome back in. Gianluca Busio from Venice. How's them, how's hey, them Venice boos. streets, boozy? How's them Venice streets, booze cruise? Luca <laughs> Della Torre, he made it on the he made it on the plane. Sebastian Legette, too Legette to quit. I just cannot quit you, Sebastian. Legette, Weston, McKenney, the best is yet to come from Weston McKenney, trying to work his way back from the doghouse there after letting his teammates and his nation down in the last window. Welcome back. Oh my God, the kindest person, most kindest person of all time. Uh, is Mother Teresa, second most kindest person of all time? Surely, Yunus Musa. Third is Gandhi. We've got Yunus Musa's back with us. Uh, he's in my background here on the YouTube stream. And finally, uh, the 10 that we've all been waiting for, Christian Roldan. Okay, forwards. Oh, oh baby, oh. let's go. Brendan, A.A. Ron, Swan, hey Swan, A. A. Ron. Ron Swanson, A.A. Ron Swanson. The, the the nickname that keeps extending go go gadget <laughs> nickname for brendan aa ron swan song we've got paulie ariola nips if it ain't broken don't Pauly fix it nips. <laughs> he's back man how's that acl my g uh matthew hoppy oh happiness is and always has been the truth ricardo peppy the nine and the mexican-american superstar that we've all been waiting for Thank God he's back, Tim Weah. And of course, why not? Greggy B's eternal pookie baby, Giassi Zardes. Ty, you've had this roster for a few days. You've been simmering on it, sitting on it. What are your first impressions? I'm pretty pleased. There's a couple names I, I expected to be on here, like Jordan Pafak, who is what, on fire. What Pafak is going on with Jordan uh, Pafak not being he, on this roster? Scoring scoring a winner against Manchester United in the Champions League, apparently not enough to make the Nats roster. <laughs> That's the kind um, of thing that put, brings you down in the standing. Yeah, exactly. so he, he brought too much attention to himself. There's also uh, Joe Scally, who's been breaking in with uh, Munchen Gladbach 
uh, formerly of NYCFC, has been doing doing uh, fairly well, um, though you know not you know pulling up any trees, and it just goes to show you that just being good, doing well in Europe is not enough anymore. You have to really excel when you look at the the accomplishments of a lot of these guys. Um, for me, I was pretty surprised by Paul Ariola being here. Uh, I didn't expect him to get kind of reintegrated in such a high-pressure situation, especially because he's not like a vital piece. He's always been kind of just okay. Um, but, but you know, it's he's definitely someone who has... Uh, he, he knows the program. He knows the, the landscape. He knows how to fit in. He knows his role. Um, and with the absence of Christian Pulisic, we need to look for... Uh, some some players who can uh, attempt to fill those boots. A little yeah, bit. so super quick, Pulisic and Gio Reyna injured, out for injury. Yeah. Pulisic and Reyna injured. Um, McKenney, you know, I think perhaps if Gio and Pulisic were fit, we might have been in a position to continue to bench McKenney for character or behavioral reasons. Uh, given those absences, I don't think we have the margin for error talent-wise. Um, so it makes sense that he's here, even if he will continue to be in the uh, the Greg Greggy B's penalty box. He's he's going to be, you know, everybody else has a, a nice room on the tenth floor, and he has a room in the basement kind of thing. Uh, yeah, Actually, that might not be a good idea. You might want him in like a higher room, like far. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You want him in a very to, like, uncomfortable, yeah, yeah, containable situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with something to distract him, some fidget spinners. What does he need? Yeah, exactly. Chuck him in a closet <laughs> with some with some poppets and let him go. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's it's a good yeah. roster. It's 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 full of talent as usual. Just the name, just the guys who are left off of this roster. Like thinking of someone like a Brian Reynolds, for instance, who's not playing very much for Roma, but he's still a a, a important uh, you know piece of the U.S. picture going forward. And I believe Sargent is not on the roster too, right? Which Correct. Is, which is a no Sargent. A, a great reflection that you know performances matter, and Sargent came into the last camp and and was really really bad, and is clearly not ready to, you know, he he needs to focus on getting his club game back up and running, uh, and he's not ready to contribute to the national team program right now. So it's good that Greg kind of noticed that, and seeing the the level of talent that we are able to leave at home is very encouraging because it just goes to show the depth. Uh, of the U.S. squad and, and the amount of potential that's here to do well. So I fully expect this team to do well. This is one of those windows where, you know, if you look at the, the specific games, it's realistic that the U.S. could get nine points from these games and then be in a, a really strong position uh, going forward. And, and I'm hoping that this is the window where the U.S. stamps its authority on qualifying, gets into that first position or second position along with Mexico, gets a little bit of a gap from the rest of the field and kind of never looks back on the way to qualifying for Qatar. There we go, baby. Uh, games, winnable games coming up. We've got Jamaica, Nacho Mama's Jamaica on October oh, 7th. Jamaica. That's a Thursday. Jamaica. <laughs> we have Pa Anama uh, on Sunday, October 10th. And of course, a aging, also Nacho Mama's Costa Rica, uh, Wednesday, October 13th. Not your mama, um, Costa Rica. <laughs> not your All right. So we've got uh, three winnable games, says Ty. What is, let's say we're, we're, we're back together for our, for our, our window closing recap episode in a, in a couple weeks here. We're celebrating three wins. 
Uh, let's just let's just live in that hypothetical for a second. Hypothetically speaking, we come out with three wins. Ty, what went right for us? What are, what what were the key turning points? Uh, if if we are to come out of this with all the nine points, all the points, what would have had to have happened? So what we saw in that unbelievable, sensational second half against Honduras is that if the U.S. sticks to its game plan and works through those early qualifying jitters and keeps the faith that the game plan will actually work, it will yield rewards. So the kind of offensive explosion that we saw against Honduras in that second half is unprecedented for World Cup qualifying as long as I can remember. To, to go into a tough away game like that and put up a big number in one half is totally unprecedented. So I expect similar unprecedented things to happen if the U.S. is able to actually stick to that game plan. Yeah. The reverse question is, what, what happens if things went wrong? Well, I think if the U.S. goes into these matches and still has a, a sort of timid mentality or a fear that this squad isn't ready or that the game plan isn't going to work the way that it should or... You know, maybe they, they have a, an unlucky first 30 minutes and they start to panic. Those are the kind of things that can derail this team. But if this team can just shut everything out, do what it's been doing for, you know, going on a year and a half now with, with uh, Burhalter coaching after he got over some of his early, the, the, the biggest weirdsies he had early on, he settled into a groove with this group where the group has really been performing well. And we've so far seen that play out in friendlies. And in, you know, in these tournaments over the summer, and it's time for the team to really hit its gear in qualifying. For anyone who's concerned about the lack of Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna, um, I'd like to point out that that second half versus Honduras occurred without either of those players on the field. Those, that was right. post both of those injuries. Um, so what, what we're looking at right now is this interesting sort of hybrid between the Nations League from the summer of shiny European stars and the gold cup from the summer of sort of scrappier, uh, many MLS names. Um, and, and I'm here for it. I think it's cool. I think we're seeing the, the double helix of our different sort of types of players coming together. Uh, and we have every opportunity to, to really make a name for ourselves in this window. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm used to kind of being frustrated by, the MLS guys dragging down the level of quality that we could access if we were a little bit more aggressive about calling in European-based players. I remain a little bit in that camp, like with Ariola, with Kellen Acosta. I've got some kind of well, well, uh, well covered um, complaints about his game. But I think each of these guys, you know, going up to the the ultimate case, Giassi Zardes. They have shown in a U.S. shirt in big spots in recent times that they are ready. And I think we are used to the level of the strong U.S. MLS player being lower than it is now. You know, MLS has yeah. been getting better. And I think these guys actually are a lot better than the equivalent players would have been in the prior generation. That's right. So I have a lot yeah. less fear about a starting lineup that includes Kellen Acosta and Giassi Zardes than I would have uh, four years ago with those players and with sort of the equivalent that existed in MLS at the time. Um, so, and it, you know, I, I, I think I have to give Greg credit for, for developing both streams of players and managing to kind of integrate them into a unit that I feel can play a similar, you know, kind of cohesive style. I don't feel like the MLS-based players are trying to enact one plan and the European-based players are enacting another plan. And that has meant 
kind of excluding at times certain elements of, of each side in order to make it work. But I think where we're at, it does feel like the U.S. team has a really strong sense of its identity and what it wants to do uh, on the ball, off the ball, with the press in, in, in its shape. And I think, you know, when the U.S. just sticks to that game plan, good things happen. So Ty, I think if you're if you're in the USMNT Twitter bubble and you're you're subscribed to Scuffed as as everyone should be, uh, you're familiar. It's your boy. You're familiar with Luca De La Torre. But if you're not, if you're new to the team, which many of our our listeners are, you may not know that name. There's a few names on here you you may not sort of re- be aware fully of the context. So so tell us a little bit about Luca De La Torre um, and and why it's exciting to see him on this roster. Yeah, so Luca De La Torre is a player who had a lot of promise early on, and then he had a couple tough years. He was a, a Fulham Academy kid, came through the ranks there. He's starting to get minutes with the first team. And then I think he had a, a substantial injury, and then he came back, and he was, he, he was kind of out of form, and he's found himself in the Dutch League. I think he, I don't know if he's fully sold or if he's still owned by someone in, in England. But anyway, he's he found a, a home at uh, Heracles in the Dutch League, and he has been lighting it up. I mean, he's been one of the better players in the Eredivisie from that uh, kind of attacking midfield position. So um, he's, it's just another case where, you know, the U.S. is able to uh, develop so many great 18-year-olds that even some of them that don't work out end up working out in some way. And I think you'll see Luca De La Torre finding himself into a bigger league soon based on the performances that he's had lately. Pretty exciting times. We've got Ricardo Pepe returning to us after his first cap. Smashed, smashed onto the scene. Choo-choo. Can he keep it going? Can he continue the hype train into the into the, the, the next stratosphere, into the Turnerverse, if you will? Um, what do you think we're going to see? What do you think the chances are that we see uh, Ricardo Pepe kind of make the prophecies come true this window? I can never devote myself to that fantasy. I can't, I, I can't let myself go there mentally. If it happens, I'd be very, very happy. But what I would expect from this camp is that Ricardo Pepe would come in in the, in the 70th minute of games. You know, Maybe he plays a, a total of, let's say, 80 minutes during the course of the three games. And I think he'll probably find a way to get one goal out of that. And that would be perfectly fine with me. I don't think we need the team to run around Ricardo Pepe right now. Um, and I think the, the the strike force that we have is is fully capable of getting the job done even without him. So for me, it's about getting him that experience, getting him rhythm, and slowly you know integrating him into the the group. I I'm very happy with the outcome of the last game, but I was concerned about the methodology of having the kid in for the first two qualifying games and not giving him a single minute and then chucking him in as a starter in the highest pressure situation possible in Honduras after two mediocre results to start qualifying. So wasn't a big fan of that. I would like for him to be integrated in a little bit more gently, and I think this is a good time to do that with some some easier games, some home games, where the U.S. will be able to be on the front foot, and maybe he can come into a game where the U.S. already has the lead and develop that rhythm with his teammates that we're going to need in those crunch spots later in qualifying. I, I want him thrown in. I want him 90 minutes from the jump. <laughs> you want him at goalkeeper. I want him yeah. I want him in at goalkeeper. I want him dropped if he doesn't score three goals this window. I want all the pressure on Ricardo Pepe. I'm just kidding. Uh, what's the home away well, situation? Well, good at pressure. 
I mean, he, he's, he's good at he's good at pressure, man. He he's got some he's got a, a very uh, uniquely strong character, especially with the dual national thing. I mean, just I don't know that that to me would be so much personal pressure that it would he's almost ice freaking cold. He ice he's, cold. He's ice it. cold, and I I can't tell if it's like a tactic or he's just that dude. Like he's just so chill. If is he chill about everything? Like does he go on like, think a roller he's... coaster like stone face? Right. I think he's just that dude. I think he's just that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He was like, yeah, he's been on, he did a, he did a circuit after the most recent window on all the pods. So so check him out. Uh, But uh, I think it was with Grant Wall that he talked about, like he was, Grant Wall asked him like, you know, is he, are you, uh, do you think about being potentially the first Mexican American star? And he was like, no, I don't think about that. That's, that's for the fans to think about, you know, and he's, and, and, um, very, very simple answer. And it just rang true to me. And, uh, yeah, the scuff guys had someone who's like an expert in, in, um, uh, what's the Texas team? Uh, Dallas, FC Dallas, uh, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas FC Dallas. And he had, uh, you know, witnessed his, his trainings growing up and all this stuff and said, he just is that type of dude. He's the, he, he just has like that, that iciness, the simplicity of, focus uh that that is required so so all accounts point to uh he's just actually that dude it's not fake he wasn't taught to be that guy this is not an accident uh or a fluke of any kind that he's 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 that guy i love that we've got a lot of intensity on the team Pooley is very intense weston tyler it's nice to have somebody who can take the temperature down a little bit when needed (laughs) yeah Speaking of intense guys, uh, Matthew Happiness is the truth has returned oh, to us. My word! After after oh, months in the Yorka. desert, what? Oh my Yorka! What is yeah? What is his club situation? What is happening with? What has happened with Matthew Hoppy since we last checked in? So I've seen at, he's gotten at least one sub appearance for Mallorca. I'm not aware <laughs> if he's gotten any more game time, but he's clearly in the plans there. I think they paid a decent transfer fee, maybe like four million or five million for him. Um, so they're definitely invested in his future. The ownership group at Mallorca, if we didn't explain this before, uh, they have uh, American roots. I, I can't remember if like the principal owner is American, but I know there's a substantial minority ownership group that includes like some ex-U.S. players and stuff like that. So there's there's definitely a, a, a pro-U.S. Uh, environment and culture there. And I think as we discussed when he transferred, I mean, it's the perfect spot for, for him, like to to go to a culture that respects sauce like Spain is perfect. It is perfect. He will, he will get to continue to play even if he has sauce and doesn't produce. You that's right. I mean? And that's that's, right. that's exactly what Matthew Hoppy needs in order to actually like develop that future production that he's going to have. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm super happy to see him. I'd be happy to see him start. I'd be happy to see him come into to. to a tied game and try to try to change things up or, or, you know, recover a game that's going badly. Uh, He is somebody who, when he hits the field, the entire dynamic of the game changes because every single defender has to be on their toes, not only because he could beat them and maybe do something within the game, but because he could posterize them and make them look like idiots. So, and because he's, he's, he's the entire team has to get covered. He's a bit of a madman as well. Like even if he doesn't do it to you on sort of in the run of play, He's going to do something that will make you, he's on your mind. This guy's yeah, he, on your mind. He he plays soccer like the AI plays Go. It's kind of like, <laughs> what? Nobody would think of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and he's he's in your ear he's he's giving you you're, you're getting nudges and and pushes from him at unexpected times uh he, yeah he brings an intensity to the field that we lack often honestly um and and so if he can just rise to to somewhere close to his ceiling of you know footballing ability he will be an immense asset to this team for many years to come Totally. Last think, individual, yeah. I was just going to say, if you think back to that Trinidad game, last qualifying cycle with the team, lethargic, slow, no ideas. Throw a kid like that into that game, he would he would change things. I'm not yes. saying he would save the save the save the day or anything, but a player like that you can use as a strategic weapon when the state of the game is not in your favor. You can put that player in and the entire game has to change. You don't know which direction it's going to change, but it will change. One more individual worth checking in on uh, is the Eunice de Musa. The oh, Eunice de Musa. What's the, so he was out. It's been a long time in the wilderness for Eunice Musa, and he's back yes. with us now. This man is not yet captied. So I had stopped mentioning his name uh, uh, for a while. I see him now on this roster. I'm willing to discuss again. Yunus Musa. What? Uh, it, by the way, during the time that he's been not on rosters, Italy, a team he may, he is allowed to play for right now, won the Euros. So versus uh, England, versus another England, team another team he's allowed, he's to, play allowed to play for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So still, allowed. Uh, still totally still allowed, allowed. Yeah. still totally down, totally cool with FIFA for him to do that. So, um, but I see him here now, so he must have at least picked up the phone and said, "Yes, I will. I will." go with you uh on that adventure us um we'll you know we'll see if he plays and and i i won't uh rest easy on the Eunice musa storybook i will not i will not consider this a closed case until i see him take the field in a competitive match the tie what has Eunice musa been up to uh since last we we saw him so he has come back strong from the injury. He has got, gotten back into the starting lineup for Valencia at least once, if not twice, uh, since then with, a, I think, another sub appearance. So he has been, you know, regaining his fitness and getting, getting up, to, up to the rhythm of the season. And in case you forgot, I mean, when this kid came into the U.S. team uh, last winter, he he was he just jumped off the screen. I mean, he's he provides things that that the rest of the U.S. pool cannot. The way that he moves with the ball, I mean, it reminds you of a uh, Darlington Nagby almost, but with a lot more a lot more um, you know decision making, uh, quick decision making ability, uh, forward motion, a lot more decisive, a lot more forward motion. Exactly. So. But the way, just like almost physically, just watching him move with the ball is—it's very, very unique. It's very different. The way that he yeah. he maintains control and uses space and uses his body. He's not a big guy, but he's able to shield the ball and and, and distribute in different directions. A lot like a like a Pedri or or someone like that, where it's like, man, he does how have can that these guys not get the ball off of him? So, oh, and in, in fact, by the way, a little stat is that last year in La Liga. He was the teenager with the second most minutes. Pedri was the only one who behind had Pedri. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is so this is we're talking about an A grade top quality world soccer prospect at you know still nineteen years old or twenty years old who picked the U S over a lot of big teams and 
we've kind of forgotten about him because he was in the Nations League camp, didn't play, wasn't in the Gold Cup, wasn't in the qual- first qualifying roster due to injury. So it's like, damn, we just like, you know, open the 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 fridge and there's this uh this this tasty treat for the Nats. Oh, Eunice Musa, welcome Eunice Musa. back. And he's a lovely uh, man. And he's a lovely, lovely man. Um, you mentioned Pedri, quick Barca corner. Ansu Fati is back with a bang. It's on and popping, baby. Uh, it's, it's you know you know me. I'm I can't, I can't help myself with the with the Barcelona story. I, I really oh hope it works out over there. Oh my god, I do too. Um, Can I have one more individual shout out? Because there's somebody yeah, yeah. really killing it. So, yeah. Brendan Aronson. Brendan Aronson. Hey, hey, Ron World Cup qualifying uh, window for the U.S. Among all the stars, all the big names who came in from all around the world, little Brendan Aronson from uh, Medford, New Jersey, somewhere around there. Playing in Salzburg, not a you know a, a good program, not a not a super uh, you know high level, but but somewhere that is a perfect place for him to thrive. He has been on fire in the league and recently in the Champions League midweek. He came into this game against uh, Tim Weah and Lille. He started against Tim Weah. He was better than Tim Weah. He came in. He provided so much incisive movement, perfect passing amazing creative ideas and he just fits in so so well with what that team is trying to do and that system is not too different from what the u.s is trying to do uh on offense so brendan aronson is quietly becoming one of the most important pieces that the u.s has to be successful i fully expect him to be gobbled up by some huge team either in january or at the latest uh next summer and i think again we're talking about a a player who has the quality to be playing in that you know, top top six Premier League uh, level. This is this absolutely is a serious. Kai, serious who are kid. some? Why don't you name some other players who did well at Salzburg uh, once upon a time? Oh well, you've got Erling Holland. Oh, you've got. Oh yeah, uh, that guy. You've got who is? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm. Oh, uh, Minamoto, the, the Japanese guy. Yeah, Minamoto. Yes, exactly. And then there's the ten who was at Salzburg, who's at uh, Leipzig now, who has the unpronounceable name. <laughs> So there's there's oh, this conveyor uh, belt of, of yeah 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 that's going uh, from from Austria yeah, yeah. through the system and um, it's I mean it, it's working it's working really well not working very well right. for Jesse Marsh right now but we'll leave that to one yeah side. that is a sad story sad sad story um, Jesse Marsh uh, bad start at Leipzig boy <laughs> but they're they're gonna they're gonna be patient with him because they invested like five years of training and they're not gonna let him go because of a bad month. Hey, he'll find yeah, his yeah. Way. He'll find his way. They also <laughs> sold. They had to sell um, Sabitzer and yep. and uh, Upamecano, both yep. of whom were super super important. So it's inevitable that they would regress a little bit before they reload. Yeah, yeah, and before Timo Werner back arrives. in the day as well. And Timo so Werner. It's been a slow. Time. It's been yeah. a. It's been a steady sort of cannibalization of of that that team. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Nagelsmann being the. The most, the most crippling blow. Oh God! Okay. He's, the head. Um, the head. The mind. The third eye was taken. Uh, okay. USA Jamaica. What's the home away situation in these games? I believe it's home away home. So home to Jamaica, away to Panama, home to Costa Rica. Uh, no. Yeah, that sounds about right. We are not. We are going to speak to the people next after the uh, Jamaica game has occurred. Um, so I guess. 
true next next is live stream during Jamaica game, and then we'll we'll have a pod after that. Yes. So, what should people uh, look out for from Jamaica this time around? So, the big storyline around Jamaica this last year or two has been a very aggressive recruitment of dual nationals. They decided as an FA that they were going to actually go after some of the more high profile, uh, particularly uh, English um, uh, Jamaican players. So, so players who are either born in Jamaica and moved to England at a young age or players who are born in England of Jamaican uh, heritage. And they had kind of traditionally not tried too hard to get these players, I think part, partially out of like the same reasons that the U.S. sometimes doesn't try with certain dual nationals. That it's just like, eh, you know, if you're not, if you want to play for us, come play for us. But if you're not, we're not going to go get you. And they kind of changed their 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 tones. They've been much more much more active and aggressive about recruiting these players. So there was this whole narrative that they were going to come up with this this super team because they've got, you know, Mikhail Antonio and other like you know, high level uh, Premier League uh, players. And it hasn't really come together. They've gotten they got Leon Bailey in for a little bit. I don't think he's on this roster. Um, and uh, and the the aforementioned Mikhail Antonio, who is fantastic, is didn't seem like it worked out. Somebody got into a fight, you know, it didn't come together. So they don't really have like the super team that we thought that they would have, but they're definitely better than a cycle ago. They have a, a, a lot of experience in their team, especially from these, these uh, English based players. Um, and they're, they're always a, a, a tough opponent for the U S and what I uh, often note about Jamaica is that, you know, you think of Jamaica, you think of the sprinters and, and their success uh, on the track and you expect it to be, a speed oriented team, but it's actually not typically the style that they tend to play. So they'll play a little bit more of what I would call like an English style. They play kind of physical, they play for some set pieces, they play for kind of moments within the game as opposed to playing, trying to turn it into a, a counter-attacking track meet. So usually you can expect a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, technical skill, um, some, you know, very uh, organized uh, defending and build up through the midfield. And then they'll try to try to sneak a set piece past you. And we saw in the recent friendly uh, against the U.S. I think that was uh, in in March um, that Jamaica, even even with kind of a, a hobbled uh, cobbled together squad, was able to put up a pretty pretty stiff test against the U.S. Um, in that friendly. And so I would expect nothing less from this home game. I don't think this is one where the U.S. is going to be able to blow them out. Uh, I think it's you know at most like a, a two goal win for the U.S. And it's a it's a it's a real test, but it's one that the U.S. definitely should win. Well, well, well. Um, Nacho Mama's Jamaica. Uh, I like the English style analysis there. That that rings true to me of what I've seen of them. Um, and it is it's it's pleasantly contrary to you know uh, I guess like sort of stereotypes, racist stereotypes. I, I so I, I always appreciate that when yeah either when racist the or is, just lazy. Because the race is lazy, have, whatever it because is. Because Usain yeah. Bolt is from there. Yeah. 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 Also, because this dude is also from there. Um, so, Ty, the, many people are not, are, are far more Greg out than, than we. Um, I think you have been, you have been more critical of Greg than I have been. I have, for some reason, drank the Greg sauce. Uh, you I'm, submitted. I'm, I submitted. Statement. I submitted to this. Which is this a pattern for me of abuse? I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but I I'm I'm probably the farthest on the spectrum of you know what Greg's doing a pretty solid job, uh, and there are reasons for what he's doing, and the results are good. Ty, you're somewhere in the middle. 
for those of us, for those of our listeners who are like, am I taking crazy pills? This guy is a disaster. Uh, what do you think it would take for Greggy B to get fired uh, after this window? How three losses is that enough? Would it have to be a certain goal margin? How, how bad would it have to be to, yeah, to change I, coaches? It would have to be the combination of like it would have to be like three embarrassing losses. Uh, yeah, two two of which at home to weaker teams. That I think would be enough to pull the trigger. Or if there was like, let's say, just like a boycott or something. Like, like yeah, the, player the, boycott. The first team players walked out. Uh, I think. And that, what is the just real quick? What's the justification for for Greg out at the moment? What's the you know? Is it so, that uh, one? We the U.S. had one good half in spite of this guy, basically. Exactly. So I I think if you look at approval ratings for soccer coaches you never really get past like 65 percent you know even even who's who's like the, the best like nogglesman maybe is, is, zidane, still of, zidane yeah, during that well, one yeah, run zidane, for real madrid, zidane yeah. for real madrid like if they had a bad half people were like i don't know maybe this wasn't gonna work out it's like you yeah know, yeah you never really get that much approval so so i think it's inevitable and it's almost like not even worth like noting when that 30% of people vocally wants the coach out, because it's basically just for fun that they say that. Uh, and I, I'm a part of that sometimes. But when you look at it, you know, within the more like realistic and rational zone, I think the, the justification for wanting him uh, out would just be the, the chaos and the, the, the sort of lack of, of structure and process that's, that he has brought to this, uh, to this team. You have like, wild swings in lineups and who, you know who's in and who's out and what style of lineup it's going to be in the formations and it's leading there's there's a lot of whiplash and I, I i personally have felt very frustrated by this because i just think just keep it simple you know have have a have a depth chart four three three you know maybe maybe implement a couple little things here and there but don't don't try to take over the game let the players play the game so yeah. you know that that to me is is my frustration but i think at this point in qualifying, you know, even I would think it's a bad idea to try to bring in and, and risk it with a new coach as opposed to having a, a different coach in there. Unless it was Tab Ramos. Unless it was Tab Ramos, who could probably take the job and, and, and get start right away, right? He's, he's ready to go. He's born for this shit. All right. All right. All right. Ty, uh, what am I missing here about this window? I mean, I'm pumped. I think... I don't know, maybe I'll look back at this and laugh at my optimism. But I do believe the U.S. is going to just dominate offensively. So much talent on the field. It's going to be sloppy at times. It's going to be a little bit disorganized at times. But I, I think this is the window where the U.S. breaks out of the pack, sort of securely cements a, a um, trajectory of qualifying for Qatar. And I, I, I can't wait. I, I want to breathe easy at the end of this window. Can we do that, Nats? Nine points? Seven Come on, points. guys. Give us a little relief. Come on, boys. Huh? We can do it. I'm trying to take a Let's vacation. Um, all right, dudes. I, 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 I'm, I'm all right with the fidget thing that the kids are doing these days. There's something, sure. uh, soothing. There's something pleasant, soothing about it uh, and pure about it. You know, you'd think kids would be all into Simple. phone apps or something, but what they're really obsessed with are objects that feel good to click and do nothing. So it's interesting. Right. They're, they're in the material world. 
Uh, I love myself a salted caramel uh, ice cream cone. You know what I'm saying? There is no better flavor. Sam. There simply is no better flavor. Um, and uh, I especially like the fact that outlets on an airplane, standard at this point. Do you remember the first time you had an outlet on an airplane? Yeah. Someone in my life paid like $2,000 for that outlet. <laughs> Mind-blowing experience. Now, typical. Uh, that we live, like, if we live like princes in the Stone Age. Be better. We, our lives. We live like aliens in the Stone Age. We, we live, live like, like aliens. princes from 100 years ago, honestly. <laughs> it's awesome. We got plugs in every airplane seat. But plugs anywhere. I don't love any of that awesome stuff. As much as I love the Nats. I can't Let's wait to boys. see you guys again and talk to you guys again after this window. Enjoy these three games. Enjoy these uh, in, Enjoy these co-hosts and pods. Have a good vacation. Thanks, Doc.